within a week of the last episode we taped. Very happy about that. Anyway, something's coming up. I used to celebrate all the time and I've kind of gotten away from that. And that is the Oscars. I, whether what I love gets nominated or not, I still think it's, it's a great program. So I definitely wanted to kind of get in the spirit and get an Oscars episode done. No better guest on an Oscars episode than the guy that we're talking to right now, currently writing for Slant. Uh, Multiple articles up. Definitely go check them out. We'll kind of talk about those tonight. Anyway, he was on BitFace last year in one of our most popular episodes. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's called Your Dick and Cheese Fries. <laughs> the great uh, Ben Rakowski, man. Welcome to the BitCave, bro. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's a shame we're not going to have as invocative a title this time, unfortunately. We should have talked about some sort of food and some sort of appendage. Maybe the, maybe the next episode we can come up with an equally evocative title. I think you just have to, I think our attitude with titles is they just, they happen. We exactly. didn't know that episode was going to be called Your Dick and Cheese Fries until an hour later when we started listening to the tape and we were like, okay, that's what it is. So hey, we're going to stick for with me. that. Uh, works for me. Absolutely. How, how, how things been, man? Um, you know, pretty good. Like you mentioned, uh, just came up with this new website, slantnews.com, where I've, as you pointed out, I've written some articles. I've got some more in the works. It's kind of been nice because all these old articles that I wrote finally get the proper platform. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. And you must like writing for them. So tell us a little bit about that process. Um, it's fairly easy. Anybody can do it. All you have to do is just submit an article. More than likely, they'll accept it. They do a lot of the editing for you and they put it up and run it. And if uh, they get enough advertising rates, um, you get 70% of whatever advertising they get off your article wow so, so you made any honest i mean i used to write on the internet and i never made yeah. a dime well I'm, we're about to find out here shortly i mean it's it's fairly new it's six months old so i mean you can't expect insane money not yet i mean this isn't the 90s where everybody's you know lying about what they made on the internet so they can all be billionaires maybe someday you come back to that but for the time being no Okay, so, but you seem to like it, though. Yes, I do. I might because, have to give it a try. The problem is, is I can't dig up old articles because you can't post old game reviews. Um, you never know, because they they said they, the way they the way they worded it is anything you and your friends are interested, uh, go ahead and try to publish it. Also, if you're if you're, if you're still kind of stumped, they have a general assignment page you can click on, and you can write about one of the topics they give you. So there's that avenue if you wish to pursue it. Do you think it's more advantageous, monetarily speaking, to write about something they request or just to write what you love? Um, kind of distorted. Um, I, depends on what you're in the mood for, man. I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, if they give you a really cool assignment, you might find out you loved it even though um, you didn't think you would. So can you not hear me okay, Ben? I, now, now I can. Now I can. Jesus, I, I hope that that... Whatever. I mean, we're not going to stop, but yeah, <laughs> it's all good. So well, I just want to make sure if you can't hear me, then I mean, the, no, the no, I, no, 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 no,
This is crystal clear now. Just for a second there, you were distorted. I wonder if it's Skype. Yeah. We've been having, like, every every time we record, there's, like, half a second in the recording that just... Yeah, that was probably it. So, hey, got that gremlin out of the way, so let's go. There you go. All right, so let's, <laughs> let's go right into uh, the Oscars. And I'm sorry, to my right, as always, doesn't know much about the Oscars, but he's here anyway. Uh, run TRG, uh, Tyler Glaze. So... Let's go. Let's talk about the Oscars, Ben. What are your What are your front runners? You want to make picks? We can do the categories. However, you want to do. Um. Well, I mean, at this point, really, you got to say if DiCaprio doesn't win, there's going to be an outrage because I mean, at what point can you keep penalizing a guy? I mean, you know, he's consistently had the best work. As I've told my brother many times, and I'll tell this to you guys, I've never seen a person make better use of their star power than him. I mean, he consistently makes great movies. He never takes the easy way out. He never takes the easy money. And that's something to be admired. Because I remember I was reading an article once, and they asked um, Bruce Willis, well, how come you make so many bad movies? And he said, well, that's the only way you make money. He said, you know, they, uh, they assume if it's a really, really good script and you're somebody in my position that you're going to take a pay cut. So naturally, because you want to make a good movie, you take a pay cut. And so he goes, that's why I make stuff like G.I. Joe 2, because they offered me such insane money, it's ridiculous. And he goes, on a movie like that, the more you turn it down and you're in somebody in his position, the more they offer you to make it. So I like the fact that he's never uh, given up on trying to make quality movies, that he's always trying to make a quality movie. So that's impressive. That's very true. I was just trying to think here. And besides growing pains, I can't name one shitty thing that I actually can. Okay. It was either Trolls or Trolls 2 that he was in. It's not Troll 2. Okay. Well, he, he did some or he did some crappy. He did some Hold on a second. He did some crappy horror film before he hit it big or right around the time he hit it big, but um so other he, than he that, hit it big in I would say Gilbert Grape, right? Isn't that what I, I know. I would say this boy's life. Was that pre Gilbert Grape? Yes. That okay. was that was a movie that he did with De Niro. Have you ever seen it? Yes. It's based, okay, yeah, it's based on a true story. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. Interesting interesting factoid about him. Oh, he was in Critters 3. That's that was correct. The, I've actually that, seen Critters 3. It's not horrible. So there you go. There's the... Well, every, every, every actor or actress who gets in his position has that one crappy movie in their in their filmography, if you will, that they kind of have to get out of the way. An interesting factoid about him was he came really, really close to being on Baywatch. Leo? Yes. It came down to him and, that, and the guy that wound up being on Baywatch to play his son. And they picked the other kid, which I'm sure he's happy about all the time. I... Wow, I know exactly who you're talking about. I can't name the actor, but I remember Jeremy Hasselhoff's something. Son. Jeremy something was the kid's name, but yeah. And they're actually making a Baywatch movie. I'm sure you. I uh, yeah, I saw that with The Rock and Zac Efron and some other people. Okay, how can you make a comedy over something that was never serious to begin with? Isn't that? Didn't they already do it with that show, Son of the Beach? That's what I'm saying. You know, and you know who produced that, right? No, I Howard don't. Stern. Makes sense. So, I mean, 
How you can make a comedy over something that was never quite serious, I don't know. But hey, we'll wait and see. I like Son of the Beach. I thought it was a very misunderstood and underappreciated job. Never, never really watched it. You know, it seemed to do okay. It was on for like a couple of years. It was on for like two or three years. So, I mean, you know, obviously it, there was some audience for it. But to get back to your original question, as far as the films go, I mean, you'd have to kind of say outside of maybe Leo, uh, probably The Revenant's going to win Best Picture. And then uh, the guy that directed it, I, I think Alejandro, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, is probably going to win Best Director. And in my opinion right now, he's probably the best director working in film. Like, did you guys see Birdman last year? I did. Did you like Birdman? I did. I thought it was interesting. Okay. Have you seen The Revenant? Yes. Did you like The Revenant? It was good. I don't think... It was very similar to The Hateful Eight in my mind that it wasn't all that everyone made it out to be. Okay. So you do know that that's like... Based on a true story, obviously they made some... Concessions. They made some alterations, concessions, exactly. But, I mean, it's been a movie like two other times because I did a review on this for the other website I used to write for. One was called, I think it was Man in the Wilderness with Richard Harris. It came out in the 70s, and it was like a more fictionalized account. And then they did another one in the 70s, and I can't recall the title of that one. But that's most likely going to win Best Picture. Uh, That guy's probably going to win Best Director, although personally, in my opinion, the film that ought to win Best Picture is The Big Short. Did you ever see that? I saw it two weeks ago, and I loved it. Oh, that's one of the best films I've ever seen. I love the fact that I, I wish more movies based on true stories would do this. I hate the fact that they always make these concessions, and then you have to go back and read articles about, okay, well, this happened, this didn't happen. This happened, this didn't happen. This was invented, this wasn't. This was omitted. I love the fact that when they did a scene in that movie, and folks, this is the way you should do it with a true life story. This isn't how it happened in real life. This is how it really happened. Why don't more movies take the time to do that? It was brilliant. I mean, what a masterstroke. I mean, man, I could, I could talk days about that movie, but I will say one thing. Christian Bale is probably going to win another Academy Award, but I just I, I don't think he's worthy this time. I get really, really tired of the Academy's idea that, well, if you play a person with some sort of physical or emotional or psychological handicap, that's tough. That's not acting. I could put in a glass eye. I could put in a contact that looks like a glass eye and act slightly adult brain, and that's not great acting. Great acting to me was somebody like... Um, Oh, what's what's his what's his face? Um, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling having to play an asshole who you know is an asshole who's unapologetically an asshole, but you still like him and respect him. To me, that's acting. I thought out of everyone in that movie, Steve Carell deserved the Oscar. And 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 and, and I would agree with that as well. I mean, it's great. He takes he's another one. He takes this guy that you hate, but you're like, okay, now I see why. He's so hateful and angry. Agreed. I just, I just really, really thought that I, 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 I like. Um, I was just talking about him, Christian Bale. I think he's an amazing talent, despite his reputation of being a, uh, you know, a huge jerk. But at the same time, 
You got to look at it like this. His movies never go over budget. They always stay in budget. They almost always make money. They're almost critically acclaimed. So if that mean if that means having to work with a leading man or leading woman who's a jerk, sign me up. Because probably second to DiCaprio, he's also made good use of his star power. Yeah, not many crappy Christian Bale films. So, I mean, you know, but, um, so there you go as far as... Did you ever see the one with, uh, God, is it called Equilibrium with Gun Kata? No, 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 no. Did you ever see... It reminded me of, like, when The Matrix came out. Is around when Equilibrium came out, right? Is that the right title? Yeah, they were kind of comparable. Right. Well, speaking of, uh, Christian Bale, you guys ever seen Newsies? Yes. What do you think? Yes, what do you think? I hate musicals, so I really would never watch it again. Now, you want to hear the irony? When he signed on, it wasn't a musical. Like, how how you evolve that into a musical, I have no idea. Like, I, like what's the thought process? Okay, we've got this, you know, kind of interesting, compelling idea about this really minor event. I know, it's a music. Like, really? Seriously? That's as bad as, speaking of, Speaking of musicals, I decided to check out one of the more infamous musicals, and surprisingly, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It was called Paint Your Wagon, and it came out in 1969, and uh, nothing nothing screams musical, folks, more than Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin, does it not? I mean, those guys are just known for their pipes, aren't I've they? I've absolutely seen Paint Your Wagon, and it, we used to watch it in high school, actually, drinking because it was so funny to see Clint yeah, these, Eastwood in a musical. These, these, yeah, these two tough guys who were very good actors, both Oscar winners. Of course, Clint's never got his for acting. He's got his for directing and producing. And here's what I don't get. So the leading lady in it who led a very tragic life, her name was Jean Seberg. And she just was fascinating. I'll tell you some interesting facts about her. She was literally plucked out of obscurity to be in movies. She was picked by this uh, famous director by the name of Otto Preminger, who was supposed to be an absolute tyrant on the set. He would just berate his actors and his crew, but because his movies made money, they put up with him. So he picked her out of obscurity to star in a film version of Joan of Arc. It didn't do anything. She got another film. It didn't do anything. Eventually, she went to France and made this movie called Breathless. And it, it, um, it was originally, it was eventually remade in the 80s with Richard Gere. And it's about this uh, small-time bank robber and his, in the original version, his American girlfriend. For the remake, they made Richard Gere an American and his girlfriend was French. So she kind of kicked around for years. She did that movie. Then she did another uh, a movie the following year called Airport. And what was so sad about her life was she was a unrelenting financial supporter of the Black Panther Party. And this was in the air. Uh, I want to say that J. Edgar Hoover was still running the, the FBI. So they put her under a watch and were like following her and supposedly they were harassing her. Supposedly they were like people were breaking into her house. And she was married to her second husband at the time and she got pregnant. And the story goes that it was supposedly the, the father of that child was a guy she was having an affair with. Well, because she was supporting the Black Panther Party, they said the child was black. 
And eventually, because of the duress of the situation, she went into premature labor. The child died, and it turned out it was white. And she gave an open casket to show that the child was white. And eventually, a couple years later, like six, seven years later, she killed herself because she just couldn't take it anymore. How the so, fuck do you know all this? Because I read it. That's unbelievable, man. I thought it was like, I was like, certainly he just watched a movie about this. <laughs> no, I read, well, I've read about her before. The reason I knew about her was back in the day in the 90s, Josie, Jodie Foster was supposed to do her in a film. And so whenever a project like that piques my curiosity, especially when it's based on a true story or a true person, I look it up and I looked it up and that always fascinated me. And it would make it, it would make a fascinating, fascinating movie. I'm surprised no one's ever turned that into a movie because it just would be utterly fascinating. No, I, I swear when you were telling me the story, I was like, certainly someone has made a movie about this. They were supposed to with Jodie Foster. They, they, they made one and I looked it up. It was like some really crappy kind of, um, kind of like YouTube thing. It's like called the death of Gene Seberg. And it's really, really amateurish. Yeah. I guess if you wanted a good laugh, you could check it out. But, um, so anyways, since we're talking Oscars, I know we've been going like beating around the bush here, folks, but we'll eventually get back to it. Um, the reason that the team bit cave had yours truly back on the show was I wrote an article called how to fix the Oscars. And it's quite simple. All they'd really have to do to fix the Oscars. And we're talking both. We're talking both the actual process, the nominating process and the award ceremony, as well as the television broadcast. It's a simple two-part solution, folks. Two-part solution, which you can read on slantnews.com under the board section. Benjamin Rakowski is what's going to be on there, even though I go by Ben. It's a simple two-part solution. First part is add a comedy category. Now, people are going to say, oh, that violates, you know, the Academy Awards, and they don't do that. Well, then if they don't do that, then how come about six, seven years ago they, anim they added the animated category, best animated film category, and everybody held that as a breakthrough? Two, since I'm a, a historian, they actually had a comedy category in the very first Academy Awards back in 1929, even though that title was a misnomer because it was for the years 1927 and 1928. And believe it or not, the comedy category was best director. Why it wasn't best film or best actor or best actress, I don't know. That would actually make sense. It was for best comedy director. It was a one-time only award. They eliminated it the next year, and it was a guy by the name of Lewis Millstone. He won it for a film called Two Arabian Nights. And then to make things interesting, a couple of years later, he won another Oscar for a film called All is Quiet on the Western Front. It's kind of considered like the de facto definitive World War I movie. It won Best Picture, and it won him Best Director, I want to say, in 1931. It was also based on a novel called All's Quiet on the Western Front. I know, clever there, right? So yeah. the other, who wrote the, who wrote the book? Uh, it was, a, I think, a German or French guy, uh, Jean-Marie something or other, or Marie something or other. You can, you can look it up. It, I think it was originally written in German or French, and then they translated it into English. And um, the other solution that I have, since you're going to have a comedy category, and we're going to go comedy across the boards. We're going to have a best comedy picture, director, actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Now, in order for this to work, you're going to have to 
and to give them on television, you're going to have to cut back. And let's be truthful. Who cares about foreign picture? Who cares about that short subject? Costume design's all well and good. Really, the only tech, there's only two technical awards that should really be on television, and those are cinematography and special effects, because people actually care about that stuff. And those people are actually... What about sound design? Sound design's nice, and it's well, but, I mean, does the average person really care about that? No, not really. And, I mean, that's a big reason why the awards are so boring, because it's people you don't care about droning on and on and on. I mean, think about it. If you had, if you had a comedian, like, say, Will Ferrell got nominated for an Oscar, and that could happen, wouldn't that be interesting to see what his speech would be like? I was thinking, think about if we would have had this in place, all of the people that would be Oscar winners. Certainly I mean, Jack Black would have won a Best yeah, Comedy Jim, Actor at one point. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey would have won, exactly. Jim Carrey during his hot... Will, 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 Smith would prob- Will Smith would probably have one. Martin Lawrence probably would have one. I mean, I, I don't understand. Depending on how far back we go, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase would both have well, absolutely. one. Absolutely. Well, think about this. Caddyshack probably would have would have cleaned up that year. We know Anima House would have cleaned up. Certainly, and Ghostbusters. Exactly. The year it came out, like Fletch. I'm saying, like I, 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 I don't understand what 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 the Academy's deal is. And you know what? Comedic actors and actresses and writers and producers have a legitimate gripe because it does sort of trivialize and marginalize that category. Because I mean, that has been literally the backbone of the film industry. I mean, who was the world's first most famous movie star? It was Charlie Chaplin. Chaplin. What was Charlie Chaplin? Charlie Chaplin was a comedian. I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't understand. And like the old saying goes, you know, dying is easy. Laughter is hard. So, I don't it know. Is, I, 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 I think comedy is way harder. In fact, and, 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 and it's funny, we we're talking about this was John Carpenter, you know, who's primarily known for doing horror films. He said out of the three, because, you know, he's, you know, he's, no, he's done all three genres. He's done comedy, horror, or the three main genres. He's done horror, comedy, and drama. He said that comedy and drama are a bitch because everybody's got their own ideas of what would work and what should work, and that he doesn't like doing them. That's why he likes doing horror films because. Pretty much anything that's scary is going to be universal. Scariness, you know, isn't isn't subjective like horror, like uh, comedy and drama. So that's why he said that's the easiest of the main of the main genres to do because there's no there's no you know subjectivity. So, but yeah, I he just, does make a pretty good horror movie. He does. Well, I, to, I, to, to I, be fair, a lot of people have ripped him off over the. I mean, the thing and Halloween are still getting ripped off. To well, this day. you know the thing is a remake. You know that, right? Yes, I do, and I've seen the original. And his thing is the movie that they're ripping off. Oh, I know. And okay, you got yeah, it. it. It's his thing. Yeah, it's not the original. Is um, the original okay. good? Yeah. Now you know who played the thing in the original, right? No. James Arness, aka Marshall Matt Dillon from Gunsmoke. Wow. Okay. That was one of his first jobs. And here's another interesting factoid about him. You know who his brother is? His brother's yes, also another famous actor. Peter Graves of Mission Impossible fame. That's his brother. Okay, I know Mission Impossible very well. But the, the, but the TV show, the uh, 
Mr. Phelps, the guy that played Phelps on the t- the TV version, that's his brother. Wasn't Leonard Nimoy on that too? He was for a couple of seasons. That's a it, funny you should bring that up. That's an interesting story. So both of them were shot at the Paramount lot. That I'm saying both of them. I'm talking obviously Star Trek. So when Star Trek got got canceled, he was like, "Look, I you know I can I just can I just hold my stuff here for like a week or two." Because, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to get used to getting fired, you know, and he, he's like, it's already paid for, it's already taken up the space, and Paramount's like, no, 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 you got to get rid of it now, and he's like, come on, can't you just give him, no, you got to get rid of it now, so he begrudgingly moved it, and um, this was at the time that Martin Landau and Barbara Bain, who were married, and Barbara Bain had won three Emmys in a row for that show, and uh, Martin Landau, because he was so popular, was the highest paid cast member at the time. Well, they got into a contract dispute with either the production company or the network. He'd been promised some money, Landau had, and somebody decided to renege. I forget who it was. So him and Bain held out, and when he didn't get what he wanted, they quit. And they figured because they were so popular, and she was so critically acclaimed, they'd bring him back. Well, they decided not to, and they contacted Nimoy, and he took and he uh, he agreed to do it. And so a month later, he's back on the lot, moving his stuff back into the same place he had just had. And he goes, you know, if you had just waited, we could have avoided all this. And somebody associated with either the either the lot or the network said, we hated you then, we love you now. Wow, it's so interesting. And that's from his book, I Am Spock, which is really, really good. I highly recommend it. He wrote two books, right? He wrote I Am Spock I am, and he wrote I Am Not Spock, right? And I, I Am Not Spock was in the 70s. Is I Am Spock more recent or was that Yeah, it back? came out in 95. So it came in the tail end of his career when it looked like he was going to be winding down. So sadly, there's not going to be anything about the J.J. Abrams um, Star Trek movies that he did. But it talks about, it talks about everything. It talks about his early movies it talks about his success in star trek his you know he had a one-man show about vincent van gogh's brother that was like critically acclaimed he just he had just had a fascinating life you know just one of my all-time favorite actors and that was a real shame when he passed last year uh, i mean they're they're dropping like flies our, our childhood oh, heroes are, uh, well, like, are not like, gonna be around too long uh well yeah i remember and folks, we are friends in real life. We're not just doing this because you know we enjoy each other's company. I, uh, I, I <laughs> but text- we do. <laughs> I, 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 I texted Eric when one of our personal favorites, Alan Rickman, God, what a talent, passed, and he didn't believe me, folks. I had to give him details in order to prove it that I just wasn't making that up. That one hit me really, really hard, and I know it's non-movie related. So did Glenn Fry because I'm a huge Eagles fan, and I had the good fortune of seeing him when he claimed to Greenville in one of his last concert performances. So you know, that one kind of hit me hard. An interesting factoid about him was that movie Almost Famous, the character that Billy Crudup played, supposedly that's based on Glenn Fry. Um, Cameron Crowe, he said that Glenn Fry was a really, really good friend of his. He was like an older brother to him, and that famous line. In uh, Fast Times at Richmond High, when uh, Damone says to, to Rat, if this girl can't smell your credentials from a mile away, she's not worthy of you. 
he supposedly said that to Cameron Crowe because Cameron Crowe asked him about a girl that he liked. And he said, should I change to, to get her to notice me? And that's when he said that to him. Interesting. Wow. Now, now I love both of those movies. I love Almost Famous and I love Fast Times. Now, I got it now. This is, this is me name dropping here, kids. So please bear with me. In my younger days, not that I'm very old, I was an extra on a couple of movies. And one of the movies I was an extra on was a movie called World Traveler. And it had Billy Crudup in it. And it had Julianne Moore in it. It was directed by Julianne Moore's then boyfriend, now husband, Bert Freilich. Froelich is his name. And I met him. He's a super nice guy. And I got to meet Billy Crudup for like a minute. He's tiny, folks. He's like 5'4", if he's that. And he's wearing some construction boots, and I'm still taller than him. And this was right around the time that Almost Famous had come out and was getting all these accolades. And he did something that if you've – I don't know. Have either one of you ever been an extra on a movie before? I have. So you know the general rules. You're not supposed to talk to the talent. Yes. Okay. So Billy Crudup did something I thought was kind of cool. He walked up to me and goes, hey, I'm Billy. How are you? Nice to meet you. And I thought that was kind of cool because he's a method actor and he was constantly in character. And I was like, oh, I loved your last movie. And I did. I liked Almost Famous. He said, thanks. I thought that was kind of cool that he did that because as a general rule, you know, they don't do that. And I know it's a small moment, but it was kind of cool. That and um, so I got to see Julianne Moore up close and personal. That is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. upset her then boyfriend husband i'm sure he was probably used to it but my god she was beautiful she's one of the most beautiful women i've ever seen in my life like tv and movies and magazines don't do her justice and for this movie i guess they were trying to make her look more homely so they had like concealer on her and makeup of that such to make her look less appealing it didn't work she's just my god she was gorgeous how long ago was that oh god that was 2003, 2004-ish. maybe so a, long, a long time ago. And then eventually I was supposed to be potentially being some scenes, and it was on Netflix. I checked it out. Sadly, I wasn't in it, so darn, there, there, there went my shot at, at cutting 15 seconds off my 15 minutes of fame. I'm so hurt. You had fun, right? It was, it was okay. I was an extra on that, and I was an extra on Road Trip. And an interesting factoid about that, and I was there when it happened, so I know for a matter of fact it was supposed Have you ever seen Road Trip? The opening shot of Road Trip is them pulling a car out the wrong way on a one-way street in front of my old dorm. So then, yes, you've seen it. Okay. It was filmed in Athens. At least the college is Athens. Yeah, I was there for a couple days filming it. So the bad guy in that movie, his name's Anthony Rapp. He uh mainly known for Broadway. He was in uh, Broadway. Adventures in Babysitting. And, and Dazed and Confused. Yes, he was in Dazed and Confused. He was in, uh, I think it was A Beautiful Mind. Well, he was the bad guy in the final film version of Road Trip. It wasn't supposed to be him. It was supposed to be Crispin Glover. And I was there when Crispin Glover was filming his scenes, and he had a completely different look. He looked like kind of like a goth guy. He was wearing all black, black shirt, black pants. He had black hair. Apparently... He pissed off the director so bad that they fired him and they had to add this Anthony Rapp later. But now Anthony Rapp was in Broadway on You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown, and he was in the original cast for Rent. And he was in the film version of Rent. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an okay movie. That was kind of fun.
Road Trip was decent. Euro Trip was utter shit. It was a skin flick, man. I mean, come on. I mean, let's you know. It was. It was a. It was a little lemonade popsicle. <laughs> exactly. By the way, did you ever get a? Have you ever seen those? And folks, what he's what he's referring to is this. Uh, is this documentary that him and I like called Electric Boogaloo, which is about this film company called Canon Films, which maybe you agree with me, maybe you disagree with me. Most of their films were crap. They were B movies, folks, and. They're infamous for doing, like, making all those pointless Death Wish sequels. They made Masters of the Universe with... Uh, Superman 4. Dolph Lundgren. Yes, yeah, Superman 4. And we're talking about something interesting about Superman 4. So here's an interesting, another interest. I'm just, like, I feel like I'm, like, this is a one-sided conversation. I hope I'm not boring you in your, your listening. No, I, I, trust me. I would, I would be cutting you off and not listening if I wasn't fascinated. Okay, so... I've got a lot to talk about Superman for. Like, okay. how do you I've, cast a guy as the villain named Mark Pillow? Well, you heard you heard the story about that, right? That he was a Chippendales dancer. Uh huh. Well, I've seen I've seen the documentary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, folks, Eric would agree with me. Hey, Tyler, have you seen that documentary? No, I definitely haven't. Oh my God, it's awesome, isn't it, Eric? I've tried to get him to watch it. I got him to watch Turbo Kid last week. <sighs> you're, have you you're, seen that? No. Yeah. Is that is Hands that on, down is, my favorite movie of last year? Is that is that on Netflix? It is. it is now. I'll have to check that out. Um. So, anyways, so where was? Oh yeah. So you need Superman to check it 4. out, Tyler. It, it's really excellent. But uh, yeah, Superman four. Getting back to my point is to this day, Warner Brothers doesn't own the film rights to Superman. Who owns him? You ready? It's uh. Oh, what is that? What is that guy's name? John Peters. The guy that tried to, the one that famously produced Wild Wild West. Yeah. He wanted a giant spider in his movie. Folks, what he's alluding to is, if you're you're a Kevin Smith fan, or even if you hate Kevin Smith, you have to watch this hilarious clip that he does talking about John Peters. John Peters is this, he's like the luckiest bastard ever. And I mean that like in an endearing way. He was a hairdresser who somehow managed to get Barbara Streisand to go out with him. He used that to segue into film production. Him and his buddy, Peter Gruber, then produced a series of films, uh, famously the first Batman movie with Michael Keaton. Then they also produced Rain Man, which I can't remember if they won the Oscar for it or not when it won Best Picture. They managed to leverage that into running Sony Pictures, which they ran into the ground, they got fired, okay? But the interesting thing about John Peters was uh, he bought the film rights to Superman. He still owns them, even though Warner Brothers has all the rights to other, all the other DC Superbook comic book heroes because them and DC Comics are sister companies. So Kevin Smith tells this hilarious story. If you haven't seen it, please check it out about John Peters wanting him to do Superman and all the things he had to do. Like, he was obsessed, like he was alluding to, with a giant spider. And so basically, no matter what he did, Kevin Smith, when he was writing this draft, had to include a giant spider, a polar bear fight, and they wanted to have a character that was based on the black guy in Chasing Amy, who may or may not have been gay. These were John Peter's demands, folks. It's hilarious. Do yourself a favor and check out 
Uh, Kevin Smith talking about Superman lives. It's yeah, it's it's excellent, and they did another. Uh, they did a documentary about that. I saw that. that. I haven't seen. I've seen it. It's it's okay. It was it was on YouTube. It was called The Death of Superman Lives. It was okay. I mean, you know, it was it wasn't bad. It's kind of worth checking out. But uh, it wasn't as good as Electric Boogaloo, though, right? Well, that was just entertaining, man. I mean, that's just the most. And there's folks. If you're interested, me and Eric are trying to find it. So if you can if you can find it, please drop a line on on his on it. What's the name of your uh, Facebook page for this? What is it? Is it Bitcave? Bitfaced. Bitfaced, folks. If you can find a copy of a documentary that Eric and I are dying to see called The Go Go Boys, which is also about Cannon Phil's films, please drop a line on 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 Bitface and let us know because we want to check that out. And then we could possibly talk about that. But I've never seen Superman 4. I've always wanted to see Superman 4 to see if it's the glorious train wreck that they claim it is. Is it? I've only seen it once when I was a kid when it came out in the theater and it was utter shit. Oh, I know. It's supposed to be just awful. And I've always wanted to see it. And I Did you ever want to see a Superman movie with John Cryer in it? Well, here you go. Yeah, here you go. And John Cryer, like, man. Hackman's in it. I know. What? See, here's the story behind Hackman. So he had a, a a house he needed to pay for, I assume. No, here's the here's here's the story. Okay. So when they were making the original Superman, it was these two producers by the name of the Salkinds. Um, Alexander and uh, yeah. Okay, and I can't I can't think of the dad. I can't think of his brother's name or whatever. No, it was the dad. Yeah. It was the dad. Okay. It's the dad. Okay. So Alexander was the younger, he was the son. He spoke a little bit better English than his father. I think they were from like Hungary or Russia. And they're, they're infamous in the film industry because, because of them, folks, to this day, it's an all major people who make a film's contract. The, the writer, the director, the cast, certain members of the crew. It's called the Salkine Clause. And the Salkine Clause is this. If you make a movie and you tell the cast and crew it's only going to be one movie and then you get the bright idea to split it into two movies, then you have to pay the cast and certain members of the crew for both movies. How that came about was they made a film version of The Three Musketeers in the 70s. And it had a, had a pretty good cast in it. Um, it had, um, had Faye Dunaway and it had Raquel Welch. It had Michael York and it had Richard Chamberlain in it, and uh, it told obviously it's three story and it's Alan Quartermain himself. Yes, Richard Richard Chamberlain. It was also directed, and you would know him because of the Superman films by Richard Lester, who shot the fame doing those Beatles movies in the seventies, A Hard Day's Night, and Help. So, anyways, they, they were told when they were hired, the cast and crew, well, it's going to be a, a, a one long movie. It's going to be a three hour movie. Okay, so they shot what they thought was a three-hour movie. And as people may or may not know, the producers have the final call when it comes to final cut. Oftentimes, the director gets it, but it's not necessarily the case. That's why a lot of directors insist on having a producing credit. So then that way, they don't have to worry about the producer or producers locking them out of the editing room. So anyways, they shot this movie, and everybody's thinking, okay, it's going to be a giant movie. Well, Sawkind saw how much good footage they have. And so they split it into two movies. One was called The Three Musketeers. The other one was called The Four Musketeers. Well, everybody cried foul 
no one, no louder than Raquel Welch, and eventually they got some extra money out of it. Well, Lester hadn't gotten his money yet. He kept hitting up the saw kinds for it, and that's how he wound up making Superman 2. Because like, like the Three Musketeers was supposed to be, and it wound up becoming, Superman and Superman 2 was supposed to be one long, giant movie. Directed by Donner. Directed by Richard Donner, correct. And the only reason he got it was the guy that was supposed to direct it, he couldn't do it. It was, uh, what was that guy's name? He, he did a bunch of uh, James Bond movies. He did Goldfinger. And he was a, uh, you ever heard of a tax exile over in England? Guy Hamilton was the guy's name. His name was Guy Hamilton. He directed, he directed Goldfinger. He directed um, uh, Diamonds Are Forever. And I think one other one. I want to say he did The Man with the Golden Gun. And in England, they have what is called a tax exile. And what that means is if you're a British citizen and you make, and you're a millionaire, 90% of your money is going to go for taxes. So who's going to agree to that? So that's why you see a lot of famous British people, they don't actually live in England. They live in other, other European countries. They live in America. Well, they originally were going to shoot Superman in England because it was, uh, no, I'm sorry, in Italy because it was cheaper. So then... Uh, it got cheaper to shoot it in England, and they informed him, well, we're going to be shooting it in England. And he goes, I can't go there. I'm a, I'm a tax exile. If I'm in England for more than 30 consecutive days, they're going to start taxing me. So they had to pay him off. So Donner got the job because the Omen had come out a few years earlier and had made money. And they offered him a million dollars, which, you know, back in, 19, in the 70s was a heck of a lot of money, especially for a guy who only had like one or two feature films to his credit. So he shot... He'd shot, rumor has it, he had shot 70% of Superman 2. Because what he would do is whatever You've scene... You've seen the Donner cut, right? Yes. There it's are elements, definitely worth watching if you haven't seen it. Yeah. There are elements of the Donner cut I like. Like, to me, it makes sense that, uh, that, 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 crypt, uh, that General Zod and his followers would be let out of the Phantom Zone with a missile as opposed to a bomb in an elevator. Like that, that never made any sense to me. Like that didn't make any sense. Cause once you put a bomb in space, space is a void. The bomb wouldn't be, wouldn't be valid anymore. Cause it wouldn't have oxygen to, to, to detonate. Whereas a missile would, cause a missile is designed to go into space. My problems with the Donner cut is if he didn't have to give up his powers to be with Lois, why would he? That's my problem with the whole movie. And that, and has always been, and that's my favorite of the four. Mine too. Well, I don't know. I don't know. No, I like I like them both. I like one slightly better, but they're both very good. But my problem with the Donner cut is I never understood if he didn't have to give up his powers, why did he? Two in the Donner cut, if you folks haven't seen it, they couldn't come up with a better ending, so they used the exact ending from the first one, which is they made the world reverse. So my question is this: by making the world reverse. Why would that guy remember beating him up in the diner? And why would he beat that guy up in the Donner cut? That never made any sense to me. I kind of like, and I know he didn't like it, and some people say it's hokey, I kind of like the magic kiss that they had in the uh, theatrical version of, um, of Superman 2. That just made a lot of sense to me that Superman would have that ability to wipe Lois's memories of him clean with a magic kiss. What about the, uh, he also, for the only time in my knowledge in Superman history, 
has the cellophane S that he throws. So that's his that's chest. that's in two exactly the written the, the theatrical version of that the one. theatrical version of two. I've and never that, seen him, and, that, and he can teleport. Well, that, if you remember at the end of two, well, he teleports. See, see, here's the thing with Richard Lester. Okay, Richard Lester is a comedic director, so that's why he did that. But no, so what happened was is because Donner had shot so much footage. What in order for a film, for a person to get credited with directing a film, according to the Directors Guild of America, you have that person has to be credited with at least I think what is it? I think it's fifty-one percent of the footage you have to prove they shot. So that's why he made some changes. But um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen what Donner would have done with Superman. He's, to my opinion, he's the only person to get it right. He's the only person to get a Superman movie right on film. Like Superman I, 2 has the best, in my opinion, the best Superman scene ever. The, the scene in Metropolis? Zod, yeah, where they're tearing up the building. Yeah. And he flies up to the window and says, you gentlemen care to step outside? I know. It's, one of the be- it's the best Superman moment ever. Oh, but, uh, you know, because let's be truthful. Um, Superman Returns is kind of lame. I've written an article about that. That most likely will wind up, hopefully soon, on that website that I'm writing. Returns was Brian Singer's, yeah. right? Now, Ugh. see, now here's the thing with that. Just like Brian, Superman 4, I only saw it once in the theater. Here's the thing. Brian Singer should have been perfect for it. I mean, on paper, he's perfect. He's exactly what you want. But um, I won't get into it because I'm going to save it for the article, but I address Brian Singer's shortcomings on that film. But that that one was bad. I thought Man of Steel was worse. Um you and I, I thought Man of Steel was better, but not much. I liked Man of Steel a lot. You, you would like a Man of Steel, Tyler. You would like a Man of Steel, wouldn't you? I, yes. <laughs> Walked right into that one. Good to hear from you, by the way. But uh, <laughs> um, I thought I'd chime in, you know, a word or so on my podcast. Hey, uh, I, I welcome, I welcome talking to you, man. Jump in anytime. But getting back to what I was saying about uh, Man of Steel. So my 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 issue with Man of Steel, and there are several, was that was literally the stupidest death scene in film history, in my opinion. Kevin Costner getting sucked up into a tornado. Couldn't they have come up with something more deserving and fitting? Like my my way of doing it would have been a car came and crashed him and Clark was saving somebody and he couldn't save his dad. Him getting sucked up in a tornado, that was so lame. And let's be truthful. Clark could have saved him in that instance and they could have written it off as you saw an optical illusion. You didn't actually see me save my dad. You know, it was a tornado. How do you know what you saw? So that was just so dumb. Him waving his son off and getting sucked up into a tornado. That was just so dumb. I mean, just so many issues with Man of Steel. Like, you know, when he kills Zod, which I didn't have a problem with, but we never see him upset about it. We never see him deal with it. He's like, oh, I killed a guy. Oh, well. And that's not Superman. Superman would have, would have been all broken up and would have made a vow. And it would have literally taken a minute or two just to say him, say to himself, I'm never doing this again. Or what was I thinking? I'll never, you know, something like that. It's just... You and I have had this conversation. I am not sold on Zack Snyder. I don't know what he has on Warner Brothers, that they keep giving him these plum comic book assignments. But outside of 
If Batman versus Superman sucks, DC is in trouble. Oh, I know. They're putting all their chips on that. And it doesn't make they are sense. Really, they are really in trouble. And I hope it doesn't. Because not for the sake of Superman, but for the sake of my boy Batman. I understand. But here's what I was going to say. So this is how bad Zack Snyder's films are. So the only film of his to turn in a hugely sanely profit was 300. I just recently read, you know how much Warner Brothers made off of Man of Steel when all was said and done? You ready? $42 million. Woo! Let's go bust open the bubbly there, guys. $42 million off a superhero film. Really? Not a lot. I mean, that's ridiculous. What about that shout success? What is it that Zack Snyder has? Zack Snyder is a, horrible, a borderline horrible director. He has no story sense. I think he's visually interesting, but I think he's a music video director. And you know, I've never been able to get past that. Well, here's my thing. He's a glorified cinematographer, so you and I are basically on the same track there. Like, I, I don't get why everybody's like, this guy's a genius. Based on what? His films don't make any sense narratively. Like, the only film of his that made sense narratively was Dawn of the Dead, and as you and I discussed in the last podcast we did together, it's because of James Gunn and Scott Frank and this other famous screenwriter that are all well-known. It wasn't because of anything that he did and snack Zack Snyder's written films and they suck. Like I literally don't get why people are all, all high and mighty on him. He's not done anything that leads me to believe he's anything more than a mediocre director. So we'll I, wait and see, but I'm just, I, we only have to wait a month. We Batman versus Superman is March, March 25th. But did you hear what Marvel's doing to try to steal their thunder? And it's kind of brilliant. They're launching Daredevil season two the same day, the week March before, 18th. yeah, the or the week before. Isn't that brilliant? Okay. Isn't that a smart way to kind of take away some of the thunder? Good job there, Tyler. Yeah, no problem. But um, so yeah, that's... we've actually all three watched Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, you finally, you finally finished it, huh? I finished it, and I really enjoyed it. I told wow. you, yeah, folks. Yeah. I've been, I've I told been. Told them too. Yeah, so see, there you go. Me and our, me and my boy RT or G have been, been pestering poor Mr. Hollis for months to watch it, and now he finally told you, told you it was awesome. Look what you, look what you almost cost yourself, man. Look at the enjoyment you almost cost you. I didn't cost myself anything. Uh, Bitfacers, just so you know, it's very hard for me with as much <laughs> video games that I play to get invested in anything. It's got to be good. It's got to suck me in immediately, and Daredevil didn't. The first three episodes didn't, but I went back and watched them and went to four, and from that point on, the show really took off. Vincent D'Onofrio owned every piece yes, of he frame did. he yes, was he in. Did. Yes, he did. It made you feel bad for the Kingpin. I kind of did, I've never didn't read it? that character. Like I've never felt bad for the Kingpin in my entire life. That show made me feel bad for the Kingpin. Well, then there you go. Job well done. But well, uh, Next season, we get Elektra and the Punisher. We do. We and get the Daredevil. We get the Frank Miller Daredevil that I grew up on, and I'm really excited to see that. Well, supposedly the rumor is the guy that plays um, plays Punisher, he played Shane on Walking Dead. He supposedly got his own spinoff, and the Punisher's going to have his own TV show. So that'll be kind of interesting. Oh, he is. They already greenlit it. I'm um, just disappointed they're doing that and Daredevil Season 2 before we've seen Luke Cage or Iron Fist. Well, Luke We've Cage seen Luke Cage, but... Not, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, but Luke Cage is going to come out. He's going to come out in the fall. Um, did you watch Jessica Jones? I'm four into that, too. Okay. 
it gets better, or I'm not going to lie to you. I, I actually like Jessica Jones. I just stopped watching it because it depressed the shit out of me. I can, I can see that. Did you, did you watch the whole thing, Tyler? I, I haven't started it, man. Okay, it's understandable. I know you guys are busy. And I wasn't trying to ha- I wasn't trying to put you on the spot there, Eric. I just thought it was no, funny no, it's, about, about it's, Daredevil. Everyone you know says like that it. about me. Everyone bitches that I tell you to watch good stuff and you watch it two years later. It's like, yeah, fuck you. That's my personality. I don't know That's what to my, say. I, I have the same problem. My brother's been bugging me to watch certain things and I've never gotten around to it. So I know what you're going through. But um, yeah, Jessica Jones for about the first was it, 13 episodes. The first 12 episodes is like a seven. That's being generous. The last episode's like a nine. Last episode totally redeems it, totally spins it off on, on a winning note. And you're like, okay, I'm really, really, really looking forward to season two. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to uh, Luke Cage. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't a big Luke Cage fan. I never read him as a kid. I was kind of familiar with him, him and Iron Fist, but I never really... I was going to say, I read, I read Power Man and Iron Fist. I never did. Did you? How about you, Tyler? Did you ever read it? Uh, Tyler wasn't born. Yeah. I read I read Iron <laughs> Fist, but I did not read Luke Cage. Okay, um, you know they used to be in their they used to be together in a book. They used to they in a book. Used to have their own books. Yeah, it was called Heroes for Hire. Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm only I'm only kind of familiar with them through the Secret Wars, which is probably the greatest Marvel storyline ever. Um, if you folks ever get a chance, check it out. They did something really really brilliant. They took all the famous marvel superheroes and villains and put them on a planet together and kind of had them do like a battle of the stars in this galactic entity called the beyonder um was the one who summoned him there and he's the one who gave spider-man his black suit so if you ever get a chance check out the secret wars then they and did don't one- check out secret wars 2 it's okay. the caddyshack 2 of the marvel universe i was about to say it's there's is there is a Secret Wars too, which is okay. Well, I like it's terrible. I like I like how they gave the Beyonder the white man's uh, Jerry curl. That was a particularly nice. The Beyonder was very disco. I know he had the he had the jet black hair with Jerry curl. It was kind of nice, you know, kind of sweet, kind of. I'm being totally sarcastic. No, it wasn't. I, the Beyonder is a character I hope we never see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, I mean, if you do him right. How can you? Now, and then that brings us to our next point. Uh, speaking of that, that brings us to our next point about the Green Lantern, because I recently wrote an article about what went wrong with that. From what I understand, Tyler, you had some questions you wanted to ask me about the Green Lantern movie. No, you know what? Here's my opinion on the Green Lantern movie before you go into what you wrote Please. and all your opinions. Please because don't. I wanted to love that movie so much. Me too. Go ahead. I so did because I like Ryan Reynolds a lot. How can you not? He's awesome. I'm incredibly fucking stoked for Deadpool. Who isn't? Next weekend. Next weekend. Next I'm going weekend. to see it Sunday. On the 12th, yes. I am, yes. That is the role that, like, if I thought about Ryan Reynolds, he is meant to be Deadpool. Oh, he totally is. And, uh,. But, so when they casted him as Green Lantern, that's what I was worried about. I was like, ah, how's he going to be Deadpool? Well, he is anyways. I guess that's just something they do. Yeah. Uh, But the first half of Green Lantern, to me, wasn't bad. Okay. It's when they did 
horrible fucking CGI. Yes. Yes. Just god awful. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and as much as I like Hal Jordan, he's one of my favorites. Okay. I really wish they would have gone off and did a different Green Lantern story, something like Kyle Rayner. John Stewart. <laughs> I okay. don't like John, John Stewart. John always the one they always... Okay, and then... I don't like Kyle Rayner. Uh, and then, when then who's, the, who's the other guy? I would rather see The Daily Show's John Stewart as Green Lantern <laughs> okay. than Kyle Rayner. And then who's, who's the other guy that they have? There's like four of them. There's another I mean, guy. There's another there's green. Thousands. There's thousands. Of no, them. but I'm saying the Earth one. There's another uh, famous... Guy Gardner. Guy, guy Gardner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In some of the stories, because Guy Gardner is an alien in some of the stories, oh. and he's from Earth. Okay. In some of the rest of the stories, it's kind of interesting. Okay, but I wouldn't mind Guy Gardner either. Guy okay. Gardner is kind of cool. Guy Gardner played by Dennis Leary in 1997 would have been perfect. Yeah, but they didn't have the CGI to pull it off back then, unfortunately. So. Would have been... And they don't have the storytelling now. <laughs> they do have the storytelling now, but um, anything else you'd like to add, Tyler? Or do you want me to go ahead? Or Yeah, uh, so Eric brought up a little bit of one of your issues, and it's with the, the villain. Yes. Parallax. Yes. And I, I like Parallax a lot. Okay. Um, but I don't like Parallax in the movie. Okay. Because they didn't introduce how Parallax should have came about. Okay. And... It should have been, if they were going to do it, they should have not failed the first fucking movie and made it, like, two or three movies. Okay. In order to introduce Parallax. Okay. So, so overall, I'm, I'm really sad that they made it because Green Lantern is my favorite superhero. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, I... So, I is it, okay, it. so when you say superhero, are you referring to all four guys or just Tal Jordan or... Or a specific Green Lantern, or what? Probably a tie between Hal Jordan and Kyle Rayner. Okay, okay. Um, all right. So you want me to go ahead? Yes, go ahead. Okay. So. Okay. So, I agree with you, and that's what my basically my article is about. It was what went wrong with the Green Lantern, and my main issue with it, as you, as you said, Eric pointed out, was the villain. I understand why they wanted to use Parallax, but again, I agree with you. The way they did it was wrong. I like Peter Skarsgård. I think he's an amazing actor. I think he's amazingly talented. I think if, I like him too. I think if they had used him the proper way, it would have been amazing. But my thing is this. So, uh, as they always say with the hero film, he's only he or she or they are only as good as their villain or villains. So you've got Sinestro. Sinestro is one of the greatest villains of all time. It's an amazing backstory that, you know, this, this guy was in the Green Lantern Corps, that he went rogue and just tried to destroy the Green Lantern Corps, okay? You've got Mark Strong, who is, was, I don't know if he still will be, at the time, was the king of the movie villains. You've paid all this money to get Mark Strong, who was just killing it at Sinestro. Why the hell do you pay money to get the king of the movie villains at the time to play an incredible villain, say, oh, we're going to save him for the next movie, give me a shitty villain like Parallax, and then say, okay, the money's going to roll in. Like, what dumbass came up with that decision? <laughs> and I can tell you exactly who the dumbass was. It was the producer of it, because he was supposed to write it and direct it, 
His name is Greg Bertolani. Okay. He does all the ones on TV. Flash and Supergirl. Yes, he does wow, Flash, Supergirl. He does Arrow, and he does Legends of Tomorrow. So clearly, this guy knows what he's doing. Clearly, this guy has an affinity for comic books. Obviously, because he has a deal with Warner Brothers, it makes more sense for him to do DC because they're sister companies. And with the exception of Superman, they can pretty much do any DC character they want to. What the hell he was thinking, I don't know. Like, you just want to look at him and go, like, what, were you smoking dope that day? Were you, you know, did you bang your head? What were you thinking, man? You, you blew it. You blew it. And yeah. I, I maintain to this day that movie should have made eight hundred to a billion dollars easily if they had had Sinestro as the villain. That should have been the linchpin of the DC universe. Um, that should Reynolds, have been their Iron Man. Yeah, yeah Sinestro. Sinestro gave me shivers as a good guy in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So imagine if he'd been a bad guy like he was supposed to, and what you could have done with him was. You could have done what they've been doing with X-Men. Who's always the villain in the X-Men movies? Who is it always? Magneto. Is anybody bitching about? No. You could have done the exact same thing with Sinestro. Not only that, another interesting thing is that Carol Ferris, she becomes a supervillain. So wouldn't that have been interesting in part two or three? Yeah. In parts two or three, if her and Sinestro are teaming up to take on Hal Jordan. And like I said... I know. Seriously. Oh my God. That would have been so We're good. Not e- that movie was so bad. There's not even a Green Lantern in the Justice League. No, that's how movie. bad it is. How fucked up is that? And not only that, they, so they, fucked up. And not only that, they're like, they're, they want to, they want to just deny it ever happened. There was a rumor for the longest time that when they were making, and let's be truthful folks, this Batman versus Superman movie, it's a Justice League movie. Please quit lying to me. And saying it's not a Justice League movie. Okay, you have Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. That's a Justice League movie. And Aquaman and, and Cyborg. Thank you. And the, and, you'll and see the Flash, the flash on a, a, a month. That's a Justice League movie, folks. <laughs> that is a Justice yeah. League movie. Don't oh, lie and the to river me. This week is is we're also going to see Dark Side. Oh yeah, I mean it's it is. Uh, a well, Justice I, League. I heard I I didn't hear Dark Side though. I think that'd be a good choice. I heard who was the one that killed Superman Doomsday? I've... We've already seen him. Yeah, he was in the trailer. Oh yeah, okay. Well, yeah. No, but I've heard that that Dark Side's going to show up, and they, you, they're really throwing everything at the wall. Oh it no, makes sense to have Dark Side and Doomsday in it. Absolutely. But um, like you, I like Dark Side. Well, like, like you and I were talking, this had better work. This had it work. It, it if it does not work, I mean DC's never going to be in trouble. No. But at that point, Marvel has won the, the, the movie war, if they haven't already. Well, they already have. I think Marvel has. DC does great with TV shows. And they're yeah. animated. And they're animated. Exactly. I love their animated. But um, Speaking of that, we're getting a new animated Justice League from Paul Dini. Kevin Conroy will be Batman. Okay, so and, they bring uh, back Mark Hamill as... Of course they are. Good, good. Because I read, I read that was a possibility... And Hamill's okay. going to do it, so we're going to get that universe again. Which... Good, good. Now, see, now when I was growing up, in the when I was in your, your, your in my age range, Eric, I went through that phase. I don't know if other people go through it, but I went through it where I wouldn't watch cartoons. I thought that was childish and that was juvenile. I, I never went through that phase. 
I went, I made one exception, and that was the Batman animated show, which I used to run home to watch. And I was on the track team and the cross country teams in high school. And I used to run home and watch that. That was my one exception. That was my one indulgence was I just love that. That to me, that's probably the greatest um, afternoon cartoon ever made. It's just brilliant. And I'm so glad they're bringing those two back. I have every episode of that and Justice League you on have, DVD. You have and Mask I will never Fan- get rid of them. You have Mask of Phantasm as well? Of course. Okay. I've never seen that. Is it any good? You, that is that and Turbo Kid. Do a double feature tonight. Okay. okay. I'll have to do that. But, um, but yeah, like DC is just banking on this, this Justice League movie. Let's just call it that. I'm so tired of Batman versus it's, ba- it's a Justice League movie, folks. It's a Justice League movie. Um, they're banking that they're going to make Avengers money, and I don't think they will. I, I don't think they will. I think they will. I think it's going to make a shitload. You do? Think- Whether it'll be good or not. What do you think, Tyler? All right. We have the success of the Batman movies. Yeah, but you because... got to think. People are upset about the new Batman. But go ahead. Uh, dude, I love Batman. I think now that people oh have seen God. him, yeah. they know that Affleck pulled it off. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. Affleck pulled it off. And as much as you two hated it, I think Man of Steel was really well received. And it, it, it did okay. Very... It did okay. Both. Not that it made a lot, but that it was well received by like general public, not necessarily by critics. Here's the thing on that. I think Henry Cavell was well received as as as, as Cavell. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, now there's a talented guy, and that dude had like the worst luck. Like he was supposed to be Edward in. Um, Oh god, what are those awful vampire movies that everybody Twilight. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you. Now, now you're <laughs> in Tyler's sandbox. Yeah. Okay, so he this is a tr- this is a true story, Tyler. You'll you'll like this. He was gonna Stephanie Myers, who wrote the book, that's who she wanted. They introduced her to him. She's like, Oh my god, this is Edward in the flesh. This is Edward incarnate. And she just was gushing about him. She's like, Oh my god, I don't know how you guys found him. But you found him. Like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God, it's Henry Cavill. That, that's Edward. You can't have him. She goes, excuse me? You can't have him. What do you mean I can't have him? I created him. That's him. I'm telling you, can't have him. Why can't I have him? He's too old. She goes, he's a vampire. What does that have to do with age? I'm telling you, that's Edward. No, you can't have him. She goes, so let me get this straight. You introduced me to the perfect guy, but you're telling me I can't have him. can't have him. So he was supposed to be Edward. He tried out for Superman, I want to say in the Superman Returns era, but didn't get it because he was too young. So he didn't get Edward because he was too old. He didn't get Superman because he was too young. Then it came down to him and Daniel Craig for James Bond, and he didn't get James Bond because, are you ready? He was too young. So like literally the guy had the worst luck. He would be a great Bond. Oh, he'd be he an would. awesome Bond. Did you see the man from Uncle? Okay, I did. Did you guys? I have not. Tyler did. did. Okay. Yeah. What do you so, think, Tyler? I liked him. I hated the movie. I liked him, and I liked the 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 Russian spy. Army Hammer's his name. He yeah. He's an interesting guy. He's rich, and by that I mean his grandfather was one of the biggest oil men in the country. His grandfather's okay. name is. Uh, it's Army Hammer is short for Armand Hammer. 
That's his real name. That was his grandfather's name. Look him up. His grandfather was this fascinating, fascinating figure. But no, he's, he's wealthy many times over. His family's got tons of money because they're in the oil business. But, uh, you know, he's one of those guys, Army Hammer, he makes all these movies. They don't make any money, but he doesn't get blamed for it. Like he was in The Lone, the Lone Ranger. It didn't make any money. He was in The Snow White with Julia Roberts that didn't make any money. He was in The Man from Uncle that didn't make any money, but he still keeps getting all these roles. I swear the guy's, the guy's like coated in Teflon. Just everything slides right off of him. Aren't they making another, like, Snow White the Huntsman? Well, here's the thing. She's not going to be in it. It's just the Huntsman. Because you heard why, right? No. Christian Stewart had an affair with the director. And so the studio got mad at both of them and fired both of them. So it's just going to be about the Huntsman. Okay. So I didn't know that. Now you do. That's, now I do. That's why you guys, part of the reason you guys brought me on. But um, That's absolutely the reason we brought you on. Half the stuff that you're talking about, I am way too young to know about. Yeah. And I just am blown away. Well, that's why they invented the internet. <laughs> I, yes, I use the internet to learn stuff all the time. And I, I've been told I'm like a human Google, so there you go, folks. But, well, before we, we get to rapping, I want to circle the wagon back yes. to at least give me some of your Oscar picks. I mean, Stallone's a lock, right? <laughs> okay, uh, I would say, yeah, I would say DiCaprio's a lock. I'd say The Revenant's a lock. Do you have the list in front of you? Because I don't. Uh, yeah, I do. Go ahead. Pick them um, off, and we'll go from there. Tell me, pick a category, and we'll go from there. All right, yeah, give me just a second. Okay, actress in a leading role. I've never seen any of these movies. I saw Carol. It's okay. She's probably going to win. Uh, by, Kate Blanchett? By, okay. By, I mean, Kate Blanchett. Um, supporting actor, Bale, Hardy, Ruffalo, Mark yeah. Rylance, or Stallone? You think Stallone's a lock there, right? No, I think it's going to be Bale. It'd be cool if it was Stallone. But, I, but did you guys see Creed? I've heard I need to. It's okay. Um, the problem with Creed... I'm not a Rocky fan. How about you, Tyler? Are you a Rocky fan? I'm not not a Rocky fan. I don't yeah. like. I like them. Okay, um, but I haven't seen Creed yet. Okay, the problem with Creed is it doesn't make any sense. So here's the backstory on Creed. So and I recently saw Rocky Two, or at least part of it. So they established in Rocky Two that uh, Apollo Creed had children. I think he had two. With okay. Claire Huxtable. No, no, it was somebody else was playing him, her in the original. Claire Huxtable played her in this version. So we know from, from, from Rocky II that he has at least two children, okay? Because we see them. We see them on screen. So this is what they do in this version, which doesn't make any freaking sense whatsoever. And why somebody in her position would do this is beyond me. So according to Creed, Adonis and it's, uh, I want to say Johnson was his name. It wasn't Adonis Creed. Um, was a foster child. His mother had died, and he was, the, uh, he was the product of an affair between his mother and Apollo Creed. So Apollo Creed's widow, who's all this money from her husband dying, adopts him. Who, why would you adopt your husband's bastard child when you have two children of your own? Does that make any sense? There's no mention to the two children that she had with him, legitimately, we never see them, we never hear from them, she adopts him, 
because she feels bad for him. I don't know why. He, she gets him a job, like working in a financial firm, but he's going down to Mexico to fight, and he gives that up to be a fighter. He then moves to Philadelphia because that's where his dad was from. He approaches a guy about training him. The guy won't do it, and then he goes to Rocky. That's the backstory. And then on top of it, like Stallone's not in it, but maybe half the movie. And so like you'll literally go, you'll go 10, 15, 20 minutes, and you won't see Stallone. You're like, oh, okay, okay, he must be done. And then they'll bring him back awkwardly for like 10 or 20 minutes. And then he'll disappear for like 10 and 20 minutes. And it's like this really weird mismatch. It doesn't really work in my opinion. Plus the montage scene's not there. It's the villain doesn't get his come doesn't get his um his deserved um amount of screen time though he's excellent and he's a boxer in real life um it's okay it's a two-star movie i know it's getting all these tozanas from the critics but it's a two-star movie in my opinion so all right uh so well, I, i'm still gonna see it even though no, it's okay i understand I've just heard I've heard really good things, but but I, again I'm not a I'm not a Rocky fan and I'm not a boxing movie fan. I, so, so I don't really think it's it's for me. Okay, now we were I guess we we're up to best supporting actress. Who do you who, who's who's up for that? Jennifer Jason Lee, no. uh, Rooney Mara, uh, maybe Rachel McAdams, Never Alicia uh, Vikander, and, and Kate Winslet. Probably Kate Winslet for Jobs, which I also need to see. It's it's good. It's not great. The problem with Jobs is... It's the uh, fact that it's the 20th movie about Steve Jobs. I know, only know of one other. Is there another one that you know of, Tyler? I only know of the one with Ashton Kutcher. Um, and I'm sure that was really worth a watch. Yeah. I, I feel like there's at least one more other than that. There is, actually, with um, Pirates of Silicon Valley. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. Noah Wiley plays him. Yeah, and and friend of Bitfaced, Anthony Michael Hall have you guys, plays uh, have you Bill guys, Gates. Have you guys met him? Anthony Michael Hall? Yes. Yes, we did, and he was fucking awesome. Is he yeah. really? God, I love him. Yeah, man, He's man. Great. Dude, yeah. He was Tell down him to I... earth. He was personable. Look on uh, on my Facebook, Ben. There's a picture of me, Tyler, and Anthony Michael I Hall. fucking love him. Please tell him I said hi. I fucking love that guy. I never understood why after the whole thing with him and John Hughes cooled off in his career, I fucking love that guy. I fucking love that guy. Is he as funny in person as he is in the movies? He's awesome. He seems like he'd be awesome. He tell you any really cool John Hughes stories? No, because we only had, what, five minutes to, to meet him and talk with him, and we were talking about our own shit, and I, I wanted to talk to him about Vacation and The Breakfast Club, two of my favorite films. Hello? Yes. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, okay, you, you, you put it out for a second. Oh, man. God damn it. You're good. It's all good. But, man, God, um, that's awesome. I've always wanted to meet him. I just, I love, yeah. well, you and I have had this conversation. We love John Hughes. That was, oh, such a tragedy when he gets You should fly out. I don't know if he's going to be at this Comic-Con, yeah. but I will tell you who will be at this Comic-Con. Yeah. Who's that? The name amongst names. Who's Stan Lee. See, I... You need, you need, okay, you need to go Stanley to... Stanley who? No, you ready? You guys need to go to my brother's Facebook page. He had his picture taken with Stan Lee. You'll be able to see that on my Facebook page after June, because I promise you, if Stan Lee is there, I will meet no, him. No, my, my, brother, my brother even wrote on his Facebook page, I only took this picture because if I didn't, my dad and my brothers would never forgive me. And he's right. I wouldn't have forgiven him. I'd have hated him forever if he didn't share that with me. So yeah, my brother met him. He said he's, you know, 
only got a few minutes with him like you got with Anthony Michael Hall, but he said he was nice. So Yeah, he's I'm sure that that Stanley is super nice. I mean, he's 92. <laughs> I know. He looks pretty good for 92, doesn't he? He looks great. I know. And uh, he's still got all his mental faculties. I hope when I'm 92, I look that good. My mind still works like his. Because that would no, be I'll awesome. Be There's <laughs> no way I'm going to be alive at 92. Forever the optimist. Eric G. Hollis, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no way. Um, we hit all the major categories. Yes. So kind of to wrap Give me some of your favorite films of last year, not necessarily Oscar now. Well, um, since we're talking about Oscars, I'm going to just lay it out for you. Uh, straight Outta Compton was straight up hosed. Okay? That should have been nominated for Best Picture. Arguably my second favorite movie that of was last my year third was Straight favorite, Outta Compton. My, that was my third favorite movie of the year. Jason Mitchell was amazing as Easy e How the hell he got screwed out of a Best Actor nom. I have no idea. But no, they have a legitimate right to be mad about it. And the irony was they interviewed Ice Cube and he didn't seem to care. I guess because he got his money and that's all he really cares about, which on some level you got to respect. But no, that movie totally got hosed. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. And that guy, Jason Mitchell, should have been nominated for Best Director. That's one of the, I mean, Best Actor, rather. That's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen. What a screw job. Just literally, the Academy should be hanging its head in shame on that. They just, I, I don't know how they screwed that up. But uh, getting back to films I liked last year, um, like that. We talked about The Big Short. Really, really liked that. Um, yeah, I love The Big Short. I, I left that movie very pissed off, and that's a good movie that can do that to me. Well, it's just that ought to be winning Best Picture. It, it really is. It's vastly superior to anything out there. It's one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. I can't say enough wonderful things about it. And the amazing thing is to think that was the guy that was making all those sort of questionable um, Will Ferrell movies. You know, he it was Adam McKay. Yeah, he made Anchorman, which is good. Don't get me wrong, I like Anchorman. Now that now see that would have cleaned up at the Academy Awards if they had had a best act. You know, imagine what that would have done that year. Oh my God, that would have cleaned up. You're going to be very disappointed when I say I like Anchorman, but I don't think it's all that. How about you, uh, Tyler? What do you think? I like it a lot. I have an issue where I actually don't like most of Will Ferrell. That's, 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 that's totally fair. See, and I do. See, and it's funny you should say that. My dad hates Will Ferrell. He always takes pot shots at him and always gives me and my brothers grief because we like Will Ferrell so much. Um, I like Will Ferrell and like um, you gotta like Jane him. And Silent Bob Strike Back. You gotta like him in old school. Yeah, you gotta like old school. How can you not like old school? What was that serious movie he made with Maggie Gyllenhaal that was really good? You talking about, you're talking about the one where he sold all his stuff. No. Then there's the then there's the one with I think it was the one with Kate Winslet. That That's was, everything must go. No, this is. No, there's, that was a case. It was, it was, it was Emma Thompson, the one about the the writer. She was writing the book, yes. and it was about him. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the title off the top of my head. But that I don't... movie, whatever that movie was, that movie was awesome. I loved him in that movie too. I can't think of it. Hold on, either. We're, 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 folks. We're gonna solve this right now. Give me, give me one second. We're gonna... That shows that how bad my memory's gotten because I should know what that was. But it was him, Maggie Gyllenhaal. It was an excellent film. Anyway, I have no, I don't have hate for Will Ferrell, 
I don't think Talladega Nights is that great, and I don't think Anchorman is that great. Both of those kind of let me down. Especially Talladega Nights is. What was he did the basketball one? No, it wasn't bad. Stranger than Fiction. Stranger yeah, than fiction. fiction, yeah. He did a basketball one, uh, yeah, with Woody Harrelson yeah. and uh, uh, Andre Three Thousand from Outcast, right? Yeah. Oh, 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 I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that one was okay because that was the and one where he kept singing that song, talking about rain sweat. Yeah, <laughs> and then he did Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory. That's actually which, pretty good. Which is good. I liked Blades of Glory. Blades of Glory made me laugh. I liked the one with him and Mark Wahlberg, the other guys. Never seen it. Yeah. Put that on your list, too. Okay. Because normally I don't like Mark Wahlberg at all. I think he's the definition of just watching paint dry as an actor. Semi-Pro and was the name of that basketball movie. Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro, yeah. that's right. And I, that's what right. was that song he kept singing? Because that song was awesome. I've only seen Semi-Pro once, but I remember not liking it because Woody Harrelson should have been playing Billy Hoyle <laughs> from White Men Can't Jump. I mean, come on. Um, I mean, Perfect opportunity missed. I mean, he, oh, he, oh, you're saying he should have been playing like his descendant or something? His same white man can't jump character. He was already the washed out dude. Why not just because, make him Because horrible? it was 20 years earlier. It wouldn't have made any sense. Oh, that's true. I mean. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was making fun of the ABA, which, you know. that so He could have been Billy Hoyle's dad then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He could have been his dad or his uncle. But no. Uh, Love Me so, Sexy, that's the name of the song. Okay. Wow, that's obscure as shit. I hope you looked that up. <laughs> I did. I did. I'm. I'm not that good, folks. Um, but um. Yeah. But no. What else did you like? Uh, what else did you like last year? Uh, like I said, Turbo Kid is my gem. Turbo Kid, Kung Fury. Oh that was God, a good one. Was... They're supposed to be turning that into a a full length film. I'm sure they will. No, no. He struck the deal already, and he's working on it right now. That guy's from Sweden, and something Unicorn's the name of his production company. It's like Chainsaw Unicorn or something. something. Not Chainsaw. It's like uh, Laser Unicorn. Or... Laser, Laser Unicorn, yeah. Um, I tell you what I liked, and I'm kind of surprised it's getting all the accolades it did, was um, the new Mad Max. That, Loved it. That film does not make a lick of sense narratively. Like, if you were to write this... They drive all the way somewhere, yeah, and then they drive all the way back. Exactly. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense narratively... How you can have a guy give that good of a performance and he doesn't talk for 60 or 70% of the movie is beyond me, but it just tells you how good... The Tom stunts Hardy, were mind-blowingly good. Um, that just tells you how good Tom Hardy is. And um, that one was a good one. But speaking of Tom Hardy, you heard he was mad with The Revenant, right? Did you ever hear that story? No. And uh, actually, this is going to be the story we finish on. That's okay. That works for me. So, yeah, just because we're 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 over, we're over, but it's cool, whatever. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get. No, it's not your fault. It's yeah. not your fault at all. Trust me, if we weren't enjoying this, we would have cut you off at 50 minutes. All this, all this means is we need a part two. Okay, that works for me. So we we expect you to to, to come back at least until. I mean, are you still planning on starting your own cast? Um, I need to get back to you guys with that. It's just really really hard because I don't have a Tyler Ray Glaze in my life. To do the technical end of it. If I could have a Tyler Ray Glaze in my life, life would be a dream, sweetheart, as the song goes. Well, you're just going to have to go out and make friends. That's what I did. <laughs> That's what I do, but I just I can't find well, the guy. I mean, you'll never have the Tyler Ray Glaze in your life, well, but uh, you probably I, should. I, I, I need one. He would, he would make life more enjoyable, at least on a technical end. 
um, um, anyways, so getting back to the story about uh, about Tom, Tom, Hardy. Tom Hardy was he didn't like making the revenant. He's been vo- quite vocal about it. He was supposed to be was it General Flag, Colonel Flag, and Suicide Squad. And right. he's gone on record as saying that's the best script that he ever read, and he's pissed that he didn't get to make it. What happened was, was when they were making The Revenant, the cast and crew had agreed upon like a two-week break or a 10-day break in between and the shooting schedule. Like, I don't, who knows why? Maybe logistics, maybe editing, who knows? And it wound up turning into like a month or six weeks. And so because of that, he had to drop out of Suicide Squad. He was quite vocal about it. So it is sort of ironic that he's getting an Oscar nomination for this because of how unhappy he was. And to be honest with you, I love Tom Hardy. I think he's an amazing talent. I thought he was kind of weak in this movie. I thought he was kind of the weak link in this movie. Who got the part of Flag? Uh, Joe Kinnelman. No clue. Yeah, he no, he was in the new RoboCop. He was RoboCop. And I didn't see the new RoboCop. And then he was on a TV show. <laughs> Out of respect for the old RoboCop. And then he was uh, on a TV show that was on AMC. It was about a girl that got killed. Uh, Rosie Flagg, I think, was her name. And it, it did okay. Um, but, yeah, he, he got it last minute because, you know, they had to – I'll tell you the name of the show, and then I'll, and then I'll let you go uh, – but yeah, it was, you know, otherwise, you know, that's pretty much all I got, guys. I mean, it was, it's been a, uh, The Killing. The Killing. The Killing. The, the name, I watched that, actually. Yeah, him. That really skinny, wiry guy that always looked like he was on meth. He got, he got Colonel Flag. And he was also on House of Cards, so that's where I've seen him. Okay, too. but, um, so yeah, there you go. Been a pleasure, guys. Sorry if I caused you to go over, but. Oh no, we just we have to keep it we have to keep it some somewhat a reasonable length. I mean, we would talk to you for another like three or four hours. Oh, uh, I would definitely would talk to you guys for three or four hours. So we gotta save it. It's gonna be a long 2016 if we throw all the goodness into one episode. You know, Ooh. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to follow that that rule you told us about that law that they enacted, and we're gonna have to pay you for two episodes hey, if we if we go any longer. That's okay. The Salkin Sal- rule. The Salkin. <laughs> the Salkin. No. Salkine Claws. Or the Salkine Claws. Yes. See, and Bitfacers, you learned something this week. And and that's what's important. Because as we know from previous episodes, Tyler loves learning. And and, 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 and hey, as they said on a, on a TV show that was a particular favorite of mine and Eric as well, knowing is half, and knowing is half the battle. And that's from G.I. Joe. You know what? And the other half is red and blue lasers. Well, yep. that or as I, as I painfully learned, showing up. Folks, it took me 30-some-odd years to figure out that the other half was showing up. Isn't that sad? Maybe my mind's all addled from watching silly movies. But anyways, it's been a pleasure, gentlemen. I look forward to doing another one with you whenever you'll have me back. Oh, and we'll have you, we'll have you back very shortly. Anyway, um, great talking about movies this week here in the Bit Cave. Kind of some things that are upcoming. Uh, check out our friends, our new friends, Geeks Gone Rogue. They've got Galaxy Fest coming up uh, here. They've got Star Fest coming up here. We really had a blast having them on last week, and the episode got a lot of really good response. Okay. I think we're going to have them back soon, so definitely check out our friends at Geeks Gone Rogue. And then in two and a half weeks, Tyler and I will be in Atlanta on the set of Strip Club Massacre. We are so excited. They're actually filming now. I'm already seeing pictures from the set, and I'm getting really excited to be there. Anyway, 
from the Big Cave, our guest, Ben Rakowski. Definitely check him out on, not Slate, it's Slant. Slantsnews.com. I knew I was going to fuck that up. Hey, uh, that's, <laughs> hey, that's the beauty of having your own podcast. You can fuck it up so the guest can, the guest can look like a sage. Um, there you go. It's there called you go. So, Slantnews.com. Go to the board section. I've written four articles. They're called, um, if I may real quick, two, sim- two Simple Fixes to the Academy Awards, Green Lantern, What Went Wrong. One was about Disney's The Black Hole and how it should be more, it should be well better to remember than it is. In a film that we talked about on my previous appearance, Gregory's Girl. Excellent. And we linked to, it, we linked to the Oscars article on okay. the BitFace Facebook. So yeah, they, you can check it out there. And I'll, I'll, I'll put out links as you put out stuff. Yeah, it's, We're it's, always putting stuff on yeah, it's, it's, Facebook. Yeah, it's there so. whenever you want to get it. I'd appreciate that. Thanks again, guys. been a pleasure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, from the BitCave, across from me as always, not saying much tonight, but getting mad props for being the guy he is. Tyler, run TRG Glaze. Make the whole thing work. G. Hollis. <laughs> and we are out. <laughs>